Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. Returning to our episode 101 after our big 100, 100. That was fun. I missed San Diego already. I already left. Yeah, you should. It's nice here today. It's probably not as nice where you're at. It's terrible here. It's like uh, <laughs> I'm in a swamp. <laughs> it is much hotter here than normal, so... Wow, that sucks. It's probably still hotter where you're at, but that's fine. <laughs> so what do we have today to launch our next 100 episodes? More football? More football? Uh, no. I mean, after the... We talked about this earlier in the week, you and I off podcast, how we basically could do a football story, an NFL story every single episode, just <laughs> the way things yeah. have shaped up. And we haven't even gotten to... I think I mentioned this before. There's always something in college football that pops up some point during the season. So you know there's going to be something big that we're going to be able to discuss then as well. So I don't think we have any football lined up for this whole week. We'll see. But what do we have? Abercrombie. So this is a clothing store, apparel store. Though I know of that because I long, long ago shopped there. But I haven't shopped there in at least three weeks What's funny is I never shopped there and like I felt like I was missing something because all the cool kids were wearing that and I never, I don't think I have one shirt or anything from them. I feel missed out. Well, maybe I'll get you one. (laughs) I didn't even know they were even still around. If you go to the mall, you can tell who they are because it's the store that's pumping out very loud music (laughs) and it's like just dumped bottles of cologne on the ground because it's like very strong. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. It's pretty weird. I was going to say pop out cologne outside. Yeah, you walk by and you smell really nice afterwards. So, yeah. Like most of the stories we deal with with businesses, it's usually some sort of employment issue. And that's exactly the case here. This is dealing in Oklahoma and it's someone who had applied to a job at a kid's store of Abercrombie. I don't know if that really makes a difference, but it's a little bit tricky because she basically is claiming that she wasn't given this position for religious reasons. And Abercrombie's stance is that, well, you have to specifically ask for the special, uh, I don't want to say special accommodation. accommodation. Yes. Accommodation. That's yeah. the word. I've been paying attention to this story quite a bit. And here's what I believe are undisputed facts, or if they're not undisputed, at least what's alleged is that, okay, Abercrombie and Fitch, they have a specific dress code policy doesn't really matter what it is thoroughly, but one specific thing that they have is that you're not supposed to wear any kind of headgear or hats or anything like that. And so this particular woman who's interviewing wears a headscarf over her hair, and she wore it at the interview. And even previously, she had asked her friends who worked there, is like, yeah, I know somebody that used to wear a yarmulke who worked there, so I'm sure yours is fine too. And so she went there, and one thing it has to be is she can't wear any black None of the employees can wear any black. They have to wear white or other colors. And so she happened to be wearing a black one that day. And the interviewer called corporate or called middle management and asked like, okay, this person wears this. Is that okay? And they were told to decline the applicant. So those are the facts that I believe are pretty much undisputed because Abercrombie is not saying that that didn't happen from what I understand. They're saying that, well, if you wanted a religious accommodation, you had to be specific that you were wearing this scarf because of some religious basis. And so 
What do you think? I mean, that, if, in fact, they see her with the headscarf, and she didn't find out about this until later, of course, and then goes back, calls corporate or calls some kind of manager and says, okay, this is what she's wearing. Is that okay? And they come back and they say no, and they don't hire her. Well, what did they think? Did they think that she was required to wear it because some non-religious reason? And what, And even if that is the case, what reason could it be that you shouldn't accommodate? Like, what if it's some kind of, I don't know, because it's a bandage on her head because she has to, she's handicapped in some way, right? So there could be a disability accommodation there too as well. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing with this whole story is it is indirectly that she's actually wearing it, but that's not what the underlying issue is how she's that she failed to specifically ask for the accommodation that seems to be like the actual lawsuit that's involved so it's kind of tricky but you know like i said indirectly it's still going to whether she can wear this and whether the store can prevent it because it's clearly she's doing it for religious reasons so they want to do something that's discriminatory based on her religion obviously not but I think they're just trying to find a creative argument to get around this (laughs) that's what i'm trying to figure out because i know they've already changed their policy because they have to give a religious accommodation. But what they're saying is that, just to play their side, I'm not on their side in this respect, but just to play their side, they're saying that, well, how are we supposed to know? I mean, if all of a sudden we can be sued because we didn't give a religious accommodation when we didn't even know we were supposed to give a religious accommodation, then how is that fair? And I think that's an established law. Like, even when you have a disability and you need an accommodation for that, there's something of a process that works from both the employee and the employer. But I think the difference here is that the retailer, again, according to the facts that I've vaguely read and assuming that they're true, is that Abercrombie & Fitch, they didn't give an opportunity for that prospective employee to necessarily ask for a religious accommodation because she wasn't hired because she was wearing the headscarf. So when should she have asked that question? That's a good point. Does she have to go into every interview? And when they ask at the end of the interview, if you have any questions, it'd be way too awkward just to ask that. I mean, it's... I'm going to go, you know, every job interview, I'm going to advise you, but you go in there, you just list out all your demands. I demand to be paid this. I need breaks every five minutes because I smoke or whatever. That's not how you start an interview nor an end an interview. I don't know how old she was, but I assume they don't hire necessarily older people for that kind of position, which may be a different issue. She's 17. Yeah, she's 17. How do you expect a 17-year-old to kind of ask those kind of questions? But I don't know. There has to be some burden on the employer. I don't know why she even want to work there in the first place, but that's, I guess that's its own sto- question. <laughs> yeah, that's a different issue is don't work there as well. That store is very weird, though. You have to admit, everything from their catalogs to like just the whole cologne thing throws me off as well yeah and like i said it's been a while i don't even remember i guess i don't go to the mall very often but i don't even remember seeing one of these stores around so i didn't know they still existed i go to the mall pretty much every other day as a avid (laughs) shopper and i've seen one pretty much every mall that i've been to in the last five years i should say interesting very well i don't know if this will be a story that we will update on our 200th episode when we go back and do the updates like the 100th episode well it could be because the decision will probably come out next year in june or july so maybe 300 or i don't know i can't do my math (laughs) a year from now is a while it'll be less than that oh less than a year (laughs) yeah nine months uh all right well Glad the math portion of the uh, podcast is still consistent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Question of the day. I recently had a high paying employee leave 
Money is tight, so I was trying to delay payment to them as much as possible. Do I have to pay them immediately, or can I wait until the end of the pay period from Fresno, California? Oh, this is California, right? So I think, I'm trying to think about other states. I mean, California is pretty easy, but I'm pretty sure most states kind of follow the same rules with some exceptions. But there is a strong public policy to make sure that those employees that leave employment are paid their full wages as soon as possible. Right. So much so that there's actually a waiting time penalty, which I think is uh, it's every day that they haven't been paid the full wages up to 30 days. And the penalty is has to do with how much you make, I believe, if I recall. Am I correct? Uh, I hope so, because that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the question is, is is whether they can or not. The answer is that you can't. There's different rules as to when you have to pay. If you terminate them, then it's pretty much right away. Right. But if they resign without notice, then I think it's within 72 hours. Yeah, and that's the key here because we don't know about... It sounds like they resigned, but we don't know if they gave 72 hours notice or not because that kind of changes the situation. So 72 hours, if they give the notice, then yeah, you're going to have to pay them when they leave because that's giving the employer enough notice to pay them upon exit. But if they don't, it's a little bit different. So unfortunately, we don't know the answer to this one or how long 72 hours is. Yeah, 72 divided by 24 is 3.0000. So yeah, three days. I think that was their question. How long is 72 hours in days? So the answer is three. We got that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, is it the same thing in Texas? Yeah, so Texas is similar. If the party's terminated, it's within six days. And then if the person quits, it's just the next payday, the regular pay cycle. And New York doesn't even distinguish between whether you quit or you're fired. It's just the next payday. So it shows you how strict California is and how much of a public policy it is to make sure that the employees are paid on time. And I think the reason is because, you know, employers play some fun and games when someone leaves, you know, and they'll use the paycheck as a bargaining chip to withhold funds because they know it's very difficult for an employee to fight something like that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen, not even through our law firm, but just kind of tangentially through friends and family where they may know an employee that may have been ill-treated, but, you know, they feel kind of helpless. And even if the law is behind them, they're like, you know, I just want to put it behind me and move forward. And I think a lot of employers, they have taken advantage of that in the past. All right. Well, I think we answered the question, hopefully. Yeah. Did we? Do I have to pay them immediately or can I wait until the pay period? The answer is pay them immediately, assuming that you fired them. Or if you didn't? The answer is three days. (laughs) (laughs) Or three days. Or 72 hours, whichever comes first. Yeah. (laughs) Could be one of those turn back the clock or turn forward the clock days and make it tricky. Yeah, what happens then? That's a good question. Yeah. That should be a whole case. Who knows? I guess if you're paying people at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whenever the time changes, it wouldn't really make sense anyways. But but I think it's 72 hours from the time that they quit. So like if they quit at 5 p.m. versus 8 a.m., that may change some things. But if you hit the daylight savings time over the Sunday, then I still think that they would count it as actual time, not the uh, time of the clock. That's just my legal analysis. That's a question we had submitted for Friday's episode, so now we have to come up with another (laughs) question. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, This Wednesday, we have uh, Mark Fagiano joining us as a guest from TaxJar, so listen into that one. Yeah. Listen, it's a good episode. We haven't recorded it it yet, and I hope it's good. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. It will be. Great. Sales tax that we're talking about. All, All right. right. Have a good one. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.